Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast. I'm Noah Newman, Associate Editor. Solving the soil health puzzle? Lacrosse Seed has you covered. Cover crops are an important piece to future profit, but it takes work and is puzzling at times. Lacrosse Seed delivers quality soil first cover crop products, plus training and tools to help you succeed. Whether you're looking to grow your cover crop seed business, get product tips, or find a local soil first dealer, Lacrosse Seed is ready to help. Learn more at soilfirst.com. That's soil1st.com. Or call 800 356 Seed. We're on the road this week in Lake Mills at the Jefferson County Soil Builders Field Day. Great event out here, several speakers on hand, including local no tillers Tom Burlingham, who we featured on the podcast last week, you might remember, and Adam Lash talking about the benefits of no till and using mixed species cover crops. Also, had a lot of fun with a soil pit demonstration. Jamie Patton from the University of Wisconsin and Michelle Props from the Dane County Extension digging deep to show us the positive impact cover crops can have on soil health. We also learned about the Wisconsin Integrated Cropping Systems Trial, an ongoing farm experiment spanning three decades. So yeah, we could spend an entire podcast on that. For more info, head to wicst.wisc.edu. But on today's podcast, we catch up with the guy who helped organize this field day event, Milford area farmer Dean Weichman. He's also the co-founder of the Jefferson County Soil Builders. Dean explains the purpose of the nonprofit farmer producer group and what they ultimately hope to accomplish. We'll go over their goals. We'll also explore his no-till operation and find out why he started using cover crops about five years ago. All right, Demo, we're just wrapping up the field event here. And uh, your, your initial impressions, how, how did it go today? It seemed like a pretty good turnout. I thought a very good turnout. I don't know what the numbers are, but uh, it certainly looks like we had at least 50 people here. I always worry with these events. I don't know who's who always and whether or not these are people that are actually interested or they're we're preaching to the choir. And I think that happens a lot. But uh, it always helps to have these events I know there's at least one guy here that that uh, has not been putting in covers or no-tilling. Yeah, it was interesting when some of the speakers would ask the audience to raise their hands, you know, who's yeah. using cover crops, who's no-tilling. Kind of a mix, you know, you had a lot of people here that don't do it and some that are interested in it. Yeah, but there's so many guys that showed up here that I know, that I've met at other meetings, you know, or that, uh, like I say, I'm preaching to the choir. I worry about that very much with these events. But I think we just keep plugging away and, and hopefully we get somebody convinced to try things and, and maybe make some progress. And what were some of the big topics or takeaways that were covered here today or anything that really stuck, stood out to you? I always loved the soil pits. Um, and Jamie and, and Michelle are great together. They're a tag team talking and they, they, they are very well informed and very educational. Excellent. So I always enjoy that. Otherwise, uh, Adam Lash and, and Tom Burlingham both were very good working together as well. And I almost kind of wish I had been over there when Tom kind of got excited over there. I could tell him he was you know, getting... <laughs> yeah, you could hear him from yeah, uh, several feet like... away. <laughs> so he got a little warm, wound up there for, for something. And I was, 
I would like to have known what. But, yeah, uh, they were, well, they were talking about the importance of, of soil health. And did you, any interesting takeaways from, from that, that that you can think of off the top of your head? Well, there's all, I mean, Jim Studi did a nice, maybe too long-winded overview of the Wix program. And I think that's just completely ignored. I mean, I, this has been going on 30 years, and I just heard about it last year, going to Agronomy Field Day at Arlington. And that's why I invited uh, Greg Sanford to come. Well, Greg had a problem. He couldn't make it. So Jim happened to, I knew, I found out that Jim had been involved with that program early on. So I thought, oh, he's perfect for this, and asked him if he could do it, and he he agreed. So he did very well. Yeah, a lot of great information shared out here. What would you say is the overall goal of a, of a field event when you put on something like this? You know, what do you hope you're going to get out of it? Well, and at this time for me, it's more like trying to convince other people to try this. Um, I still learn things. I still will try, have ideas that some of the people have tried and, and maybe adopt. Um, one of the things I, Oh, interceding. Well, um, Marty Weiss is here today, and he's been leading the way or doing a lot with interceding into corn. And I try to learn from him. One of the things I did just try recently with that was, um, well, gee, if you're interceding, you almost got to modify a drill or something, you know, and you just go down, take out row units or something and plant into the corn after it's the you know the seven or something like that. Well, I thought, well, if I want to plant something, why don't I just go out there at V three with a grain drill, a regular grain drill, which I unmodified no till drill, and planted some alfalfa just for the heck of it to see how it turned out, and it worked pretty good. Um, the the alfalfa established it didn't survive most of it because of the when it canopied over. This is this is always a problem. One of the reasons that interceding maybe isn't going to take off as much as we might hope. Um, you really got to have something that's going to take off and grow, survive, and then take off and grow over winter. You want something that, that survives. Yeah, let's get some more context on your operation. Tell us where you're located, how many acres, primary soils, cropping rotation, just, just the basics of, of the Dean Weichman farm. Uh, well, you know, this is Wisconsin, so as far as soils go, it's a mix. I've got some uh, high organic matter, low ground, runs about 8% organic matter. And most of the high ground is like uh, silt loams, dodge silt loams for one. Um, productive soils. Um, I don't have much in the way of rocks, on, um, but I always, well, we run about, uh, as far as the farm goes, I run about 250 acres. I'm retired now. It was a dairy, so a dairy you could handle that few acres and still make eleven. And uh, probably not with with grain, cash grains. I supply a dairy now too, yet so it gives me a little bit leverage. But uh, I started no-tilling about thirty years ago, mostly because I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> uh, I I don't want to go around and around the field all the time, a bunch of different times, and I don't like picking rocks. If you don't till the field, you aren't going to pull the rocks up. And so, then when you when you started no-tilling, what kind of 
differences did you see? Did you see immediate impact? Just kind of give us, um, you know, what happened on that, that initial no-till journey. Um, I wouldn't say I was an immediate impact or a was a noticeable change for probably three years. And then I felt, gee, the soil does seem to be a little softer, a little more mellow now. So that was basically the first thing I might see. But it's still, even if I didn't have that, I'd still no till simply because they don't want to go around and around the field all the time. That laziness aspect of it. <laughs> I'm the same way sometimes. So what, what, when did the cover crop start to come into it? When did you first start utilizing cover crops? And do you remember why you started doing it? Well, actually, probably maybe four or five years ago, I first started dabbling. I'm getting, you know, last year, everything got covered with either a cover crop or alfalfa. So um, we've made a little progress in that regard. Why did I start doing it? I might have been due to, I went to... Uh, Dodge County's meetings, which is one reason I kind of started the Jefferson County group because I wanted to emulate what Dodge County has done. They've, they've got a very active group. They'll have a meeting and they'll have 150 people show up, you know, and with a big name speaker and stuff. So, uh, and they've got several events throughout the year and I attend usually. We'll get back to the podcast in a moment, but I want to take some time to once again thank our sponsor. Solving the soil health puzzle, Lacrosse Seed has you covered. Cover crops are an important piece to future profit, but it takes work and is puzzling at times. Lacrosse Seed delivers quality soil first cover crop products, plus training and tools to help you succeed. Whether you're looking to grow your cover crop seed business, get product tips, or find a local soil first dealer, Lacrosse Seed is ready to help. Learn more at SoilFirst.com. That's Soil1ST.com. Or you can call 800-356-SEED. And now, back to the podcast. So you started the Jefferson County Soil Builders. Yep. And give us the origin story of that. When did you guys start this group? And, and what, are your, what are your goals? Well, basically, we were trying to start it a couple of years ago. But COVID got in the way made things a little more difficult, so we sort of pushed it back a little. But uh, again, this was kind of because I wanted to copy what uh, Dodge County was doing. Right. And I'm very good friends with Tony Pyrick, who's the leader of that group. And Marty Weiss, for that matter, too. He was here. And he's he's one of the part of the choir here because he's a leader in this, too. So what else can you say about it? I just... I'm lost my thought here. What I was trying to say here. Yeah, it seems like a, a great group of people, and you guys share a lot of uh, great information. And this is the second year you put on a field event like this, correct? Um, we had an event last fall at this location, and last spring we had a, a lo- uh, soil pit and uh, discussion at my place. Actually, uh, kind of an a. Scott Schultz was also part of this, and his brother Randy provided a meeting place, a shop. And we had a neighbor brought in some of his equipment to display because he does strip till. So that event was pretty good. Jamie and, and Michelle were there at that time, too. And, and I, from all accounts that I heard, I wasn't able to actually go over there because I had a talk to give at the time. All accounts I heard, they were fantastic. They were just on uh, on fire, shall we say? They were really great. <laughs> now, going back to the cover crops, 
When do you seed and at what rates and how do you terminate? Okay, seeding. Um, we follow corn and soybeans. Um, with soybeans, sometimes we put in wheat. We can call that a cover or it's going to be a crop anyway. But it's still put in fairly shortly after for the soybeans. Sometimes we'll follow, or we always will follow corn silage with wheat or rye because we can get it in so quickly. Um, even if the rye doesn't come up in the fall, by spring we're going to have some growth. We probably should be showing now a little bit. Uh, termination. Um, that's very, that's changing as far as I'm concerned. I used to terminate at planting or just before. Tell you what, one of the Oh, it must be three years ago now. I planted some winter rye for forage, two fields, and took off one field. And by the time that was done, this is we had enough feed. There was no point in taking that other one off. So we planted corn into that, and it was fairly late. That that rye was at thirty-two inches. Wow! And almost good and thick. But we just went in. So it's late. We'll just plant. So we went in and planted, and it was you could stick your hand into the furrow where the the discs opened it up. It's just a double disc opener hmm. on a Deer Seven Thousand corn planter, <clears throat> and it was like putting your hand into sphagnum moss. So the the corn grew great, and your other interesting little aspect of that was that there were some cover crops that we planted on one end of the field, say a third of the field. And that, well, winter killed. That was a winter killing cover crop. So it was planted into bare ground. Snow till, you know, it was all planted at the same time. Where there was no cover like that, where there wasn't the rye, uh, well, gee, the the corn came up quicker. Hmm. And throughout the season, it was probably five inches taller till late in the season, well, you couldn't see any difference anymore. But we were curious. So we had uh, Tom Novak come by with his uh, his uh, way wagon, and we did a yield check. And where the uh, winter rye, the winter rye and the, and the bare ground were almost identical. They were within two bushel. And that was 205 bushel per acre, roughly. So it did very well. Interesting. Well, I wanted to ask you about this, see if you have a take on this. Wisconsin passed legislation to give farmers a $5 per acre savings on their crop insurance to plant cover crops, making it the fourth state after Illinois, Iowa, and Indiana. Do you think this will help encourage more farmers to try covers? I think it's a good idea. I don't use, I don't plant, I don't use crop insurance at all myself, um, but I think that's an excellent start, you know, Every little bit helps. You know, if in crop insurance was inhibiting people from putting in covers before, well, let's eliminate that. Let's get, let's do it because it's, it benefits so much. The farmer, the environment, the people downstream, you know, from the, from the uh, it just makes so much sense. And then do you have any thoughts on the growing carbon in- industry? I don't have a lot of faith that that's going to be a big deal. Um, I did, I remember participating once in it. Um, like I say, Gabe Brown had 
urge caution with in that regard. Depends what kind of the, what the contract is. If they got a contract that's per, you know forever and you uh, you're stuck with it and your heirs are stuck with it and it becomes obsolete, well, and you're still stuck with it. Eh, that's maybe not a good idea. And perhaps it's uh, not paying as much as you should be. Personally, I don't. I don't. I don't think I'll ever participate. Gotcha. So there's all sorts of other benefits to to putting covers and and improving your soil that I don't need other incentives. Well, this has been a great conversation. You're you're probably hungry. You're probably ready for dinner after a, a long day like today. But before we let you go, anything else you want people to know about Jefferson County Soil Building Group or or the field event here today, or anything else you want to share with us? Well, we'll have more events. We just haven't decided uh, too much when and 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 uh, how big these events will be. Though Tom Burlingham will have an event at his place uh, in conjunction with Jim Studi uh, on April twelfth. And that ought to be a very good event. Um, I have a lot of respect for Jim Studi. I think he's he's wonderful. Uh, um, the other thing is Jim is doing a. I'll bring that up. Jim is doing a, a study in the area with cooperating farmers. We're one. Um, and the other, the other one of the others here is, is Cindy Pitzner, who's you know her land here, and. They're putting in uh, winter rye in at two different planting rates, and then a um, then a check strip with nothing on it, and then we're going to compare crop yields in the following couple of years. Interesting. So uh, I'm very interested to see how that'll turn out. It's a it's a research plot. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. But Dean, I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you today. Okay, thanks, Noah. Thanks to Dean Whiteman of the Jefferson County Soil Builders for joining us on this week's edition of the Cover Crop Strategies podcast. And once again, thanks to our sponsor, Solving the Soil Health Puzzle, Lacrosse Seed has you covered. Cover crops are an important piece to future profit, but it takes work and is puzzling at times. Lacrosse Seed delivers quality, soil-first cover crop products, plus training and tools to help you succeed. Whether you're looking to grow your cover crop seed business, get product tips, or find a local soil-first dealer, Lacrosse Seed is ready to help. Learn more at soilfirst.com. That's soil1st.com. Or call 800-356-SEED. 